It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Carrie Brinketer and Kathy Enderbrock. Love talking today about the life of Esther. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. You are here with Coach Carrie Brinkader and my beautiful and wonderful friend, Kathy Endebrock. Thank you, Gavin, for getting us started. It is an absolutely beautiful day here in Austin, Texas. Thank you for joining us on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, today's Christian Talk Radio. Joining us is our wonderful love lady, and she is in Boise, Idaho. Hello, Kathy Endebrock. Hi, Carrie. It's great to be with you guys this morning. I feel like I'm back in Texas when I get to call into the studio and spend time with you. And well, I sure do miss Evelyn. I bet she's having an amazing time with Van. We miss having her on, her on radio with us, and we look forward to having her back in two weeks' time. But for now, she's off in Europe with her honey bun and having a great time, and so we're so happy for her, and I'm happy to be calling in this morning. Gavin set set us up with a pretty good connection. Absolutely, and we are just trying to fill the big shoes left by our friend and mentor, Mrs. Evelyn, as you mentioned, uh, gallivanting around in in this Baltic Sea and taking a river cruise, and she is also leading on the week I, I can't remember she said just on the weekends or if it's every other couple of days a chapel service for Christians because they have a Catholic ch- uh, service on on the ship but or on the boat I guess but she wanted to lead something that would be a little bit different um, so I I I know she's doing a great job and I just love that that she is always a seeking out ways to Speak the name of Jesus. Today, our theme, as in the last few weeks, living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life. Today, we look at Esther, a common girl who became queen and saved the Jewish, pe- the Jewish people from annihilation and genocide. She was a common girl becoming queen. That is really unbelievable. We have modern stories of common girls becoming princesses. But not queens and certainly not saving an entire nation of people. Esther is both wonderfully unique, but incredibly relatable. We have a lot to learn from Esther about stepping up to the call to be God's appointed person, standing in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life. Our key verse for today, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish. And who knows this? And who knows but that you have come to a royal position for such a time as this. Esther 4, 14 What an amazing person Esther is, and I just can't wait to get into this today. Kathy, we're continuing in our journey through the gaps of life. You know, that, and I'm so excited that we're kind of turning towards Esther, because so far in this series, you know, we've gone through Moses and Joseph, David. uh, We've touched on Nehemiah, and we've really watched how these incredible men in history have stepped into the gap and and we've really tried to learn everything we can and and take encouragement 
from these great men in history, but I love that now we're going to turn our attention to the amazing women who have stepped forward, who have stepped forward and said yes to God. And, you know, even when their lives were at stake, and we're going to see this with Esther today, even when her life was at stake, she said yes to God and stepped in the gap for the nation of Israel. So this week it's Esther, and then next week we're going to look at Ruth. I'm so excited about that program. She's my these favorite. These are two of my, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just love these. And and I love the way that God lifts women up. I, I mean, I think all these other religions really relegate women to subpar status, but God has continually lifted women up and just displayed their utmost value and importance really to the success of, of his people. And so I love that, you know, in this battle that we're in today for the heart of the nation, this is nothing new. We have seen this battle take place throughout history. And we're going to see here where God raises up a woman and today in the heart of our nation men want god wants to raise up the hearts of of men the hearts of women and so we want to ask our listening friends where is your heart today and and what are you saying yes to who are you saying yes to and you know if you're saying oh no my heart is just broken no my heart is gripped by fear i'm just i'm i'm overwhelmed by impossible circumstances well Carrie and I are going to step into the gap with you today and for you today. And we're going to encourage you to say yes to God because he does his best work in impossible situations. And so, Carrie, I'm so excited to step into this. I know before we step into Esther, boy, a lot has been happening in Texas. A lot has been happening in our nation. What's been happening in your life? Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, just getting ready for graduation. The big commencement address is coming up this week. Super excited about getting to share a word of motivation to some seniors. And I I couldn't be more blessed. But I tell you what, Kathy, um, the National Day of Prayer stats have come out as well. We just had National Day of Prayer May, May the 3rd, just a couple of weeks ago. And there are some awesome, awesome things that have come about the the theme for this year was pray for america unity and making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace ephesians 4 3 what an applicable verse for our nation for our world during this time as we see president trump doing amazing things internationally through um with the chinese with the south koreans with the north koreans um, with the uh, people of Israel, oh my goodness, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So some stats have come out, and I found a few very, very interesting. Well, in Maine, the sun rises first in our nation um, in Maine, and um, there's a peak called Cadillac Mountain in Acadia National Park. And many people gathered there on that mountain as the sun rose on May 3rd to start praying for a nation for that day. I just think that's so cool. And it continued with events all over the country until the very last sunset in Hawaii and some of the final observances there for National Day of Prayer. Some some things that I found 
amazing is that on the, the day of the National Day of Prayer, May 3rd, National Day of Prayer trended number one nationwide on Twitter all day long. And two different wow. ta- I know, right? On two different tags on tr- on Twitter trended National Day of Prayer and Pray for Unity. Those trended all day long. More than 100 million people were reached with the message of unity with 100,000 social media posts on Twitter and on Instagram. This total would likely double if they tracked Facebook, but they cannot track Facebook. So just Twitter and Instagram were looked at there. An estimated 200 million people were reached with the message of unity and prayer through social social media. And more than that three, is, that's it, amazing, isn't it? I, 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 I yeah. I, I I mean, one of the things that gets me about this, Carrie, is I always go, you know, when I'm posting on Facebook, I always think, oh, you know. How open and how out there should I really be sharing faith and sharing a scripture? And, you know, do they just want to hear, do my friends just want to hear about my family or, you know, should I share an encouragement from scripture? And I mean, one of these things that these stats, I mean, especially that you're sharing, I mean, this screams that people are out there, that they want to have faith conversations, that they want to have scripture, that they want faith to be included in the marketplace. And so, I mean, to me, it's just an encouragement to me, like, okay, when I'm getting on Facebook, when I'm getting on Instagram or Twitter, I need to not be shy about sharing who I am and the promises that Christ has given me for the day and for the week. Well, and I know it's so encouraging. There's so many negative things that are out there on social media. People just absolutely maligning other people that they don't that they may not even know and to see positive words and positive statements and and uplifting um, posts is just so incredibly encouraging and I think we see that in our friend Esther I tell you what it I love this story of Esther as we get into our gap program today Kathy are you ready to step into the gap I'm ready. I'm ready for it. We're all pretty good at seeing needs around us, and we can turn on the news and hear stories and situations that we would like to be different. We see gaps. We need to take a minute to ask ourselves today, are we willing to step up and be that person who is willing to put God first and be his appointed person to stand absolutely wherever he has placed us and submit our plans to fulfilling his bigger purpose for our life because friends god he's never overwhelmed and he always has a way to get things back on track he's simply calling for us to step forward and be willing to step into that gap So before we head to our break, I'm just going to give you a few little teasers about Esther. She's an absolutely beautiful example of God saving an entire nation through the faithfulness of one woman who really did not even ask for this job. Esther is introduced to us in the book of Esther in the Old Testament. And so Esther is between Nehemiah and Job. It's a fairly small book, and I would encourage everyone to read this book. It is 10 chapters. 
10 chapters, 10 tiny little chapters. And it'll take about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes to read the whole thing. And it's it's just this story of uh, a very strong woman. And we see, I mean, so many strong women in our world today. For women, the book of Esther is so captivating. It is, it's a page turner. Um, Kathy, I think, probably has read this book more than any other book. And I think for me, I've read Esther and also I've read Ruth so many times that I, I just love these women. Um, and it, it, it's something that I turn to at times when I'm looking for strength, when I'm looking for a word from God. Well, we've got a lot to learn about Esther. When we return from these messages, we will find out how did Esther step into the gaps? How did she become God's appointed person, standing in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose? We'll find out the answers to these questions when we return right here on Love Talk. From inspiration to insurance and protection, all for serving the Lord Jesus. We all need insurance. Why not work with an agent that understands the biblical principle of protection and risk management to insure your family's future? Ray and Justin Garner are Christian business professionals who will put a Christian perspective on your insurance and inspiration needs. For auto, home, life, business, health, boat, motorcycle, RV, and dental, and church protection needs, Ray, Justin, and Luana can be reached at 626-4880 or 986-4944 for church protection, personal protection, and business protection. Ray and Justin are independent Texas businessmen that have dedicated their lives and business to the advancement of spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ through Austin Triad Ministries. Call Ray Garner Insurance Agency and ask for Ray at 626-4880 or Justin at 986-4944. You know, the world has changed and getting connected is really no longer a trend. It's a reality and it's happening all around you, leaving you to wonder how do you get connected to your customers while staying ahead of the digital revolution and your competition. Well, Texas SEO is a Christian-based online marketing company, and they're the partner you can always rely on to navigate through the ever-evolving digital landscape. To schedule your free consultation and digital analysis, call Texas SEO at 1-888-988-9736 or visit the website texasseo.com or simply Google Christian SEO Company and you'll find them in the first position. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better Better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith, 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. And welcome back to Love Talk. This is Kathy Enderbrock. I'm calling in from Boise, Idaho. And in studio today is joining me, Carrie Brinkader. You have the love ladies listening, friends, and we are so glad to be with you today. We are talking about Queen Esther. 
And right now we're just talking about Esther. She did start out a very common girl, and we've just gotten introduced to her in our first segment. And I just, I'm so excited to share this story with you. If anyone wants to go grab your Bible, if you missed this, the book of Esther is in the Old Testament, right between Nehemiah and Job. We are looking at Esther today and talking about how Esther stepped into the gap. We're continuing in our series on the gaps of life, God's appointed place for God's appointed person, according to God's appointed purpose. Okay, so Carrie, we're looking at Esther now, and this is just such a captivating, page-turning read. And I've probably read it more than any other book in the Bible. This is right around 480 B.C., and just like these other um figures, biblical figures that we've been talking about, David and Nehemiah and Moses, there is historical documentation for Esther and especially for King Xerxes, who um, it, he's basically King Xerxes, also known as King Ahasuerus. And that kind of gets me. It's so hard for me to say that right. King Ahasuerus. Um, he ruled during this period, and not only did he rule, but he ruled the entire Persian Empire, stretching all the way from current-day India all the way to Ethiopia. So this is a massive empire. We're talking all the way from the continent of Africa through the Middle East and down to India. So now turning our eyes a little bit back to Esther, she was an orphan. We don't really have details of how her parents died, only that they had died when she was very young. She was raised by her uncle Mordecai, and we'll put a pin in the in in, in Mordecai right now because we'll get we're going to come back to him later. And um, Esther had Esther was her Persian name, uh, but she also her given name, her Hebrew name was Hadassah, which meant righteous. Um, but Mordecai called Esther Esther and had her go by her Persian name because it was much easier to fit into the Persian culture and not stand out as a, as a Jewish girl. So in this book of Esther, we are going to watch Esther as she is forced into a position she does not want with a person she doesn't know for a purpose she never envisioned. This is such an exciting, exciting story. And um, so Esther really provides us with this perfect opportunity to see what your will, not mine, be done approach to life looks like. Um, those were the very words of Jesus, Lord, your will, not mine, be done. And this is a principle that we see throughout the Old Testament with the prophets into the New Testament. And Esther really uh, personifies this principle beautifully. And this principle is called Ladies, get this, it's submission, and I love it because we get to see Christ be that beautiful example of submission, and we generally equate submission with just women, not so. Submission is a Christian principle. Yes, it can be applied to women, men, and it can also be applied to you too, so you need to be listening here. And Esther shows us how a real-life heroine, a strong, beautiful woman, becomes queen. She ascends to the throne. She saves her people with courage and perseverance and resilience and walks out a life of submission. She's not a doormat for others to walk on. She doesn't take abuse. She does not lack self-esteem. On the contrary, she is the opposite, and we're going to see that. 
Um, but in order to step into the gap, friends, we have to have a heart of submission. God's will must become, must be come. Okay, let me try and say this again. <laughs> God's will must come before our own. And so, Carrie, we see Esther start stepping into a position she doesn't want. Tell us about that. Well, and I, I have to go back to this word submission, Kathy. You know, in our society today, submission has become a hashtag four-letter word. And it, it's not. It's not, and this story will show us, I, I hope it'll give us a new perspective on this word submission, that it, it should not make us get a pit in our stomach or feel like we have a knife in our chest. This is actually very freeing for Esther. Whenever, I, I mean, she's exactly, like, like you said, she's exactly the opposite. Her self-esteem is so amazing, and she looks to Christ for guidance. And so this word submission, let's think of it in a new light today as we view, hang with us, as we view Vashti, the former queen, and then the new queen, Esther. So sometimes God's appointed place means stepping into a position we do not want. (laughs) So King Xerxes was quite the party animal. Um, A palace, a party, and a petulant queen is kind of the the sequence of events for this section. And Xerxes liked to party. And I've heard it say that God loves parties, but he hates sin. I wish I'd have known that in college. I think I would have had a much better time if I could have looked at it that way. But we see Xerxes here partying and becoming sinful. The account of Esther's life opens with a big party. And in fact, it's a six-month-long party. Kathy, can you imagine hosting a party for six months? Wow. <laughs> no, I can't imagine it. No, no, a couple of hours for me is good enough. King Xerxes is celebrating the third year of his reign, and at the end of this six-month feast, he throws a week-long banquet for all the people. And this I do find uh, kind of kind of interesting. So he doesn't exclude people. He invites everyone to this week-long banquet after his six months of partying. Now he has this week-long banquet from the least to the greatest, not just the the nobles. He is basically flaunting his wealth at this point. And every guest has their own personal goblet. They can drink any kind of wine out of this goblet that they want. And at the same time, Queen Vashti is throwing a banquet for all women of the palace. And this is where things start to go a little bit crazy. As we know, when alcohol is involved, uh, too much alcohol is involved, sometimes people begin to make poor decisions. And King Xerxes commands Queen Vashti to be brought before him so he can show off her beauty to all the people. And there could be many reasons why Vashti refuses. She does. She's um, not subservient. She's not submitting to her king. She's, in fact, kind of uncomfortable with this. And she's not mature enough to understand how to handle this request. And the king becomes furious and his anger burned within him. That's what scripture tells us. So her refusal to come before the king, her lack of submission, all add up 
to her getting a one-way ticket to no man's land. We don't exactly know what happens to Vashti here. We don't know if she's just banned from the kingdom. She's Her crown is definitely taken away. We don't know if she's uh, killed. Um, what most historians think is that she was banned from the, the palace never to appear before the king again. Either way, at the end of this huge banquet, there's no more queen and the king is in poor spirits. So the palace actually begins a search for a new queen. And virgins throughout the land were brought to the palace. Now, this process, Kathy, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this process takes about four years. And during this time, uh, King Xerxes, you know, you know, he was out fighting battles, trying to conquer more, more land. Um, and this whole process takes about four years. It's important here to point out that many young women were willingly gathering at the palace in hopes of being selected as the next queen. But Esther, she really, she, I, I wonder if she was a tomboy. <laughs> I don't know. She really <laughs> did not want to go, right? She's like, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not enamored by all this palace talk and these riches and this, the power of royalty. She's not enamored with it all. Her heart did not pursue such things. Scripture tells us that Esther was beautiful. In fact, some translations say she had a beautiful figure and was extremely good looking. Some will say that she was lovely in form and features. And so scripture, you know, scripture doesn't exaggerate, friends. So we're looking at a woman who, in our eyes, in, in worldly eyes, we would probably, I call them second lookers. Like women that I see that are absolutely gorgeous, I, I take a second look because they're so beautiful. God made beautiful things for us to look at and appreciate. And so she was what some might consider a perfect 10. We can only assume that hundreds of tens, our second lookers, had walked through this kingdom. But it was not just her beauty that wins her favor with everyone. Esther is described as obedient, but not a subservient obedience, which is how Vashti kind of, Vashti kind of messed up. We, we want to think of it instead as a gracious obedience. An obedience that says, I value you and I value myself and I choose to accept your will over my life rather than rebel against it. Kathy, I kind of see this as when you ask your kids to unload the dishwasher and they're like, oh my gosh, okay, whatever, after I finish my homework. Or they go, oh yeah, mom, okay, cool, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that straight away. Okay, that's the difference between gracious obedience and this obedience that they're just doing it because they think that they have to. So Esther, we see, has this amazing graciousness about her. It's selfless. It's not selfish. It's a value that says, I am important and unique. One of the key outcomes of recognizing God as the creator is that if God has created us, then we intrinsically have value because we are his creation. So Esther was not put here by accident, even though she was in a place where she didn't want to be. She was ultimately a child of God and chosen to step into God's appointed place right where she needed to be. Friends, when we come back from our break, Kathy will talk us through. So Esther's in a place where she doesn't want to be, but she's also 
presented to a person that she doesn't know. What happens and how is Esther stepping in to the gaps right into God's appointed place? We'll find out the answers to these questions right after these wonderful words from our sponsors right here on Love Talk. Hi, this is John Cotner, and you know we all can use some happiness, some hope, and humor in our lives. I'm talking about the Good News Journal, published by Evelyn Davison. Well, the Good News Journal is free, and you can pick it up at locations across Central Texas like HEB, Central Market, Bob Bullock Museum, libraries, and churches, and it comes out every three months. Now, advertisers and writers interested in having an article published should call 512-249-6535. The Good News Journal, providing good news for the greater Austin and surrounding areas for 23 years. And now with more than 66,000 in circulation. Go to goodnewsjournal.net. That's goodnewsjournal.net. Hi, friends. This is Kathy Enderbrock with Let's Pray Today Ministries. Are you struggling in your marriage with anxiety and depression? Have rebellious kids or, or just want to pray for your children? Maybe you simply don't know where to start in prayer. We specialize in creating the tools to help you learn how to pray and pray effectively in a variety of life issues. Get your free MP3 download today on the topic of your choice. Go to www.letspraytoday.com and click on shop for your free audio prayer download. Become a friend on Facebook and let us know what prayer topic you need help with. Tim Smith Landscaping. Wow. These guys know what they're doing. Tim Smith has been taking care of landscaping since he was knee-high to a yucca. And they can come to your house and turn a yucky-looking yard into a show place. Take a drab, boring commercial or residential piece of property and turn it into a place that you'll be proud Proud to call home or proud to call your business. There's simply no better choice for landscaping than Tim Smith. 512-848-0659 or 512-258-0093 or www.timsmithlandscaping.com. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are here with the Love Ladies. Good afternoon. You're listening to The Bridge Austin, and we're so happy to have you. Remember, you can find all of our archives at lovetalknetwork.com. And so if you are interested in in really diving into this series that we have been doing on GAPS, I would encourage you to go to Love Talk Network, and there you can find our shows that we've done with Nehemiah and David and Joseph and Moses. And then I'll give you a little bit of background into how we're we're setting this up, living in the gap, our living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life, God's appointed person, God's appointed place, and God's appointed purpose. So, oh my goodness, we have a commoner, Esther, of Jewish descent, living in a Persian society that is apparently stunningly gorgeous, but also just an absolutely phenomenal young woman of character, of grace. She sees her worth and her value and because she knows she is created by God. And we drew these um, 
uh, I guess, comparisons between a an obedience that's done out of, um, I guess, a have-to obedience and a gracious, and the difference between that and a gracious obedience. Seeing your worth and your value and knowing that being obedient and being, being submissive to a person that is good to you and that loves you is not demeaning in any way, shape, or form. Now, we're not trying to, call, to draw any comparisons between a, a person who is making you be submissive and who is controlling you mentally and physically through means that are not healthy. The, be very clear here, friends. But we're talking about a loving relationship that uh, where both partners are gracious to one another and serve one another. So, Kathy, we know that Esther's brought to the kingdom and all of a sudden King Xerxes' interest is piqued. Yes, his interest is piqued. And it's interesting because you read through Esther that even though she's beautiful, it's not her beauty that is really gaining favor with with everyone. It is this very, this graciousness about her, this way that she is happy to um, be obedient, but in a very hold your head high, I value myself and I value you kind of way. And so I love the distinction that you've made there, Carrie. And so Esther steps into this um, position that she doesn't want, right? She, uh, when they announced the, that they were going to be uh, gathering virgins so that the king can get a new queen, uh, like a lot of other virgins um, who rushed to the castle, Esther did not rush to the castle. She actually had to be taken, and there's good indication that she was taken by force against her will. So she stepped into a position that she did not want. Now, She's also now we see her that she is um, being put with a person she doesn't know. A lot of people she doesn't know. And yet she is gaining favor. And so after this full year of beauty treatments, Esther is presented to King Xerxes. And um, each of the virgins actually get presented one by one to King Xerxes. Um, And so Esther's time comes and she captures his heart. And I I love this because we know that this is love and not just lust because of the, the word that the Hebrew Bible uses. So and they definitely have have a word for lust. And if it were just lust that King Xerxes were feeling, uh, they would be the first to tell us. But it uses this word ahav. And it means genuine heartfelt love. Now, it also does include desire, right? I mean, he's or King Xerxes is is not a Boy Scout here. He's he's a king. He's a man, and so he does genuinely feel love for her, but also desire. And so, the scripture says that he places the crown on Esther's head, and Esther becomes queen. And again, he throws her a huge party because like you said, King Xerxes, he does like a good party. And this is something so cool in the book of Esther. There are three things that the book of Esther is absolutely filled with. And one thing that is surprisingly absent. And I just want to walk through this because this is so, so cool. 
sometimes it's what's not said that is the most important thing that is said. And so let me walk through this. So first, the book of Esther is filled with parties and celebrations. It opens with parties. In the middle, there's parties. And at the end, there's celebrations. Um, Second, the book of Esther is filled with highly unusual coincidences. Things, the timing of things and the way they happen, you go, oh, wait a minute. That didn't just happen. Oh, yes, it did. So really, the the timing and, and, and the events that unfold really take a center stage in this book. And then third, the book is filled with the name King Xerxes or Ahasuerus. They, they refer to him as both things. It's just like you would say, oh, King Louis um, or uh, the king of, of, of England. Or, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a given name or sometimes it's a family name. So depending on if your rich translation of the Bible uh, you're using, it's either King Xerxes or Ahasuerus. Um, but both are the same and historically um historical archaeological documents show that this is the exact same person just referred to as two different names. And so get this, in 10 chapters of the book of Esther, the king's name is mentioned 29 times. I mean, you hear his name over and over and over again. Okay, I want to tell you the one thing that is absolutely distinctly missing in this book. When you read the Old Testament, you read God this and God that and the Father this and the Lord that. But in the book of Esther, there is not a single mention of God. At no point in the entire book is God ever mentioned. And yet his hand, his hand of providence, of protection, of provision, it is visible throughout every single chapter in all of these coincidences, in all of the timings. And so it begs the question here, if King Xerxes' name appears 29 times, which king's name ultimately fills the book to make the number a perfect 30? And that is the name of God. God's God's presence throughout this book is so loud. He fills that number one spot. And so I just, I like to really encourage us that when we step into the gap and we have to deal with a person we don't know, a person we may not like, or, or even a person we would rather not be around, we can do that and we can have confidence in that because we know the one person who is truly and absolutely in charge over all things. And so Esther meets Xerxes and she captures his heart. And Hester also meets Haman. Haman, not such a good guy, Carrie. Not mm-hmm. such a good guy. He He's an Agagite. He's from the Amalekite people. They're the oldest enemies of Israel. And when we enter the story, Haman has just been promoted to the highest position in the king's court. All the other king's officials bow down to him. And through scheming and conniving, Haman convinces King Xerxes to write an edict. This is this is a law. It authorizes the destruction of the Jews throughout the entire Persian Empire. Now, remember, no one knows that Queen Esther is a Jew. Not a single person. The only person that knows is Mordecai. So no one in the royal court knows that she's a Jew. 
And Haman schemes and gets King Xerxes. He twists the truth. He twists these lies. And he gets King Xerxes to sign this edict, this law that authorizes the destruction of Jews throughout the entire Persian Empire. And so it's so interesting, I think, here that the enemy plots destruction through law, through legislation. And friends, I want to ask you, do we see this happening today? Do we see the destruction of family through progressive legislation that promotes abortion or sexual promiscuity or sexual immorality? We see this even in our educational system as early as the fourth grade. So this is not a new scheme of the enemy to introduce laws to destroy things. And so Esther steps into this situation, this impossible situation, because here's the thing, Carrie, edicts cannot be overturned. They cannot be withdrawn. They are absolutely irrevocable. Once that, once King Xerxes, Xerxes' signet ring sealed that law, there was no way to undo it. Not even the death of the king could undo it. And so she's in this position she doesn't want. She's with these people she doesn't know, dealing with one person in particular who she would particular she would really rather not have to deal with and now she has to step into a per a purpose she never envisioned i know you know more about that carrie can you share that with us well she finds herself really in an impossible situation she is literally the only person standing in the way of the total annihilation of her people and this is one of those quote unquote uh coincidences that appears over and over in the book of esther Folks, there's no coincidences in life. God put Esther right here in this gap. He was using her as his appointed person. Esther was God's appointed person to save the Jewish people during this time. So here's her predicament. If she steps into the gap, she risks her life. And in reality, she only has a small chance to save her people. So she's, she, she finds herself balancing you know, her life and... Hmm, the whole Jewish race. Um, it's it, it's kind of a phenomenal position that she's put in. She may be able to save a few people, or she can, you know, she can play it safe. She can refuse to step into the gap, and she can save herself. Everything is against her. So the enemy Haman, he has this huge influence, and she feels like she has a very small voice. And here's the rub. During this time... The king and the queen, they didn't just hang out together all the time. You know, like we'll see, uh, you know, men and women going to the grocery store together and, and going to the movies together. No, during this time, the king had to request to see the queen. And he had not requested to see her in over 30 days. So, friends, the story continues. When we return from our break, we'll see what happens. What happens what does what does Esther decide? Is she mature enough? Is she godly enough? Is she willing enough to be God's appointed person? We'll find out right after these messages. Hi, this is Steve Washburn, pastor of First Baptist Church, Pflugerville. We're the ones who just built that beautiful new 33,000 square foot worship center there on Pecan Street, just as Jenner Town. 
Say, listen, if you're looking for a church home, I wish you'd come check us out. Lots of other folks sure are. We're one of the fastest-growing fellowships in the Austin area. We're trying our best to offer something for everyone. No matter what your situation in life, you'll find good friends here. I know I'm biased, but I believe we have some of the most uplifting worship services you'll find anywhere. Many of you are familiar with Tom Cotter and his praise band, By Design. We're fortunate to have them leading our modern worship experience at the 11 o'clock hour on Sunday mornings. That's our largest and fastest-growing group. But I'm also excited about something new we're trying in our 9 o'clock hour. Daniel Reclue is one of the area's most gifted choral directors, and he has reinvented one of the only genuinely traditional worship services in the area for those of you who are boomers and long to return to the joyful worship of your youth. Listen, Google us at First Baptist Pflugerville and come see us. George Christensen and his family at Casa Mechanical Services are longtime friends and sponsors for Love Talk, Love Walk. These CASA friends are professionals with more than 40 years' experience in providing heating, air conditioning, plumbing, and electrical services in the Austin area. If your heating isn't heating, your cooling isn't cooling, or your drains aren't draining, well, then you need to call our friends at CASA at 334-7300. They provide sales and service on all major brands from professionals you can trust. So, big jobs or little jobs, it doesn't matter. Call CASA at 334-7300. Ellison Salazar, Garage and Body Shop. At Ellison Salazar, customer satisfaction is our main concern. For a tune-up or major body work, Central Texans have trusted Ellison Salazar for over 55 years. Ellison Salazar. Hail damage specialists, smoothing out life's dents and bumps. Big or small for you and your car. Now at three locations. South at 4501 South Congress. North at 8808 Research Boulevard and New Northwest location at 8425 Anderson Mill Road. Call 444-5555. That's 444-5555. Ellison Salazar. Fixing your auto problems and needs with a happy face and the best professional touch. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You are here with Love Talk. I'm Coach Carrie Brinkater and, of course, our friend, Mrs. Kathy Enderbrock. We are here in our last segment, I can't believe it, talking about Esther. The time has just flown by. She's just such, she's so empowering to me. I love her strength. I love her grit. I love her determination. I love her confidence. Um, she's, she's just, she's just allowing God to use her in amazing ways. So she finds herself in the midst of a purpose that she never envisioned. And so she's she's trying to decide, all right, do I save the Jewish people? Haman, obviously, he is an evil person that um, King Xerxes was kind of snowed by his, I guess, his charm. And allowed Haman to assume this position of power. And now Haman has convinced Xerxes that all the Jewish people need to die. And there's been an edict. And edicts cannot be overturned. They can't be canceled. And so Esther's finding herself in this very strange position. Before the break, we talked about how, you know, the kings and queens of the time didn't just hang out together every second of the day. Typically, the king um, was a very different time. Typically, the kings would call for or request to see the queen. And the king had not requested to see Esther in over 30 days. 
and it's she was thinking that she had fallen out of favor with the king. So she did have a, some moments of doubt. And she knew that she was kind of between a rock and a hard place here. Typically, anyone who approached the king without being summoned was put to death. So she had to decide, am I going to see the king and risk my life to save the Jewish people? Or am I just going to save myself and chill out and not do anything? I want to ask you that question, friends. You know, have you ever been in that spot where you knew you needed to step up and do something, but you were afraid and you you knew that it might put you at risk if you stepped up, if you stepped out, if you spoke up? Have you ever been in that spot? I know I have. And a lot of times I'll find myself in that spot and I'll almost be in a position that I'm not believing what I'm seeing in front of me. So I'm almost paralyzed. Like what what is going on? And I'm almost paralyzed, but I tell you what, God was with her the whole entire time. If God is with me, who can stand against me? I just want to read just a couple of scriptures here. There's so many all over the Bible. Psalm, David, he says, and God I trust and I am not afraid. What can man do to me? David was at the point in his life, he was like, all right, well, if I die, I die. What can man do to me? I've been blessed by God. Devise your strategy, but it will be thwarted. Propose your plan, but it will not stand, for God is with us. That is in Isaiah 8.10. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That's in Isaiah 41.10. What beautiful descriptions of how God stands with us. So, Esther decided, you know what, I'm going to go see the king. I've got to do this. But her first step was not to to the throne of King Xerxes. Her first step was to the throne of the king of kings. She, She prayed, friends. She prayed. Esther sent word to Uncle Mordecai and instructed every Jew to fast and pray for three days. And at the end of those three days, she was committed to approaching King Xerxes in an attempt to save every Jew in the whole empire. When we choose to step into the gap, friends, we must first pray. Oh, my gosh. I just get chills when you talk about that because it is just an incredible situation, an impossible situation, such a situation of faith and That's exactly what Esther does. She steps in and she says, I'm going to pray before I do all things. I'm going to the king's throne. And friends, I hope that is what we do every day in every impossible situation, in every glorious day that we go to the throne of the king of kings first. And so here's the rest of the story, Carrie. Here's the rest of the story. Esther approaches the king's throne. After everyone has prayed and fasted for three days, Esther approaches King Xerxes and he extends the golden scepter. That is, he says, do not put her to death. I am extending mercy to her. And so she also, however, we need to point out, she doesn't appeal to King Xerxes for the life of her people at this first visit to him. But instead, she invites the king to a banquet. A party. And here's a lesson for us. That boldness is taken one step at a time. 
not all at once. Boldness requires perseverance and not a one-time only proposition. You're right, Carrie. It's yet another party. Mm-hmm. It's another banquet. And so this, in this incredible twist of events, Esther, she does end up appealing to the king for her people. She exposes the wickedness of Haman. And Haman ends up being hung in the gallows. And then her uncle Mordecai is promoted to Haman's station, to the high station in the royal court. And here's the thing. Remember that edict that could not be overturned? Well, the date is fast approaching for that edict to take effect and for all of the Jews in the empire to be destroyed. And here is what the king does. He makes a second edict, a second law. And it is raced out throughout the kingdom on horseback. And it is sent to everyone within the Jewish, within the um, Persian Empire. And basically the king allows all Jews to defend themselves. It says that all Jews are allowed to take up arms and destroy their enemies. Any enemies who threaten them harm. And including, get this, the, the, the king allows the Jews to plunder all of their enemies' possessions. So instead of being annihilated, the Jews plunder their enemies. And the book of Esther closes with what again? A great celebration. Mm-hmm. And it's a new holiday they call Purim. And it commemorates the God, God's deliverance of the Jews. And this holiday is celebrated actually to this day, February 28th through March 1st of this year, was Purim. And during Purim, everybody reads the entire book of Esther. So I I love this. I I know, Carrie, that we're running out of time. We have about three more minutes. As part of this wrap-up, it's such a brilliant, beautiful book, such an incredible woman in history. What are your favorite takeaways from the book of Esther? Well, I, I love the creative solutions. Right. I, I love that the king came up with a creative solution. And and so many times we put God in this box and we can only see one way out. And this was a difficult spot because there was an edict. There was a law and he had to get creative with his solutions. Also, you know, in order to step into the gap, we've learned through Vashti and Esther that we, we have to have a heart of submission. God's will must come before our own. We are highly valued and highly favored. And God's will, when we seek that, it becomes our own. We can also know that we're valued by God. He calls us to not be subservient, like cowering obedience, but this gracious obedience. And Kathy, those are words that I think I can benefit from every day, gracious obedience. What are your favorites, Kathy? Okay, you know, I love that when we step into the gap to be God's appointed person, you know, we we, we may have to deal with people that we, we don't know, that we may not like. And, and I love that we can always have confidence because we do know the one person who is truly and absolutely in charge over all things. And we can absolutely know that even when faced with um, with threat and difficulty, we can we can act on the same belief that Esther acted on, which is if if God is for me, who can stand against me? What can man do to me? I, I love that. That is that is my takeaway. And, and 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 obviously, Carrie, you know me, and I know if Evelyn were here, her favorite takeaway would be that when we choose to step into the gap, 
we must first pray. I'm answering that one on behalf of Evelyn. (laughs) She is our prayer warrior friend, and that's right. When we choose to step into that gap... And, you know, things are so much easier when we when we choose to take things to the Lord first. When I try to devise my own creative solutions, they are pitiful and pathetic and really not the way that God would have me handle things. But when I take things to God, there seems to always be a way that these creative solutions are come up. And it's so much better than anything I could have thought on, thought about on my own. You know, it's so comforting to find that we are God's appointed person and we need to look for ways to stand in God's appointed place for God's appointed purpose. Because Jesus is in that gap with us, with all of us. Jesus fulfills God's plan for man. And he fills every need, fulfills every need in our lives. Just as we saw Esther step into the gap. I tell you what, friends, the Lord wants us to step into that gap. And he wants us to know who Jesus Christ is. Do you know who Jesus Christ is today? If you don't, friends, we would encourage you to call us on the love line, 512-249-6535, to find us through Facebook. We'll tell you all about him. Jesus came to earth as a man. He came as fully God and fully man in order to save us from our sins. Because, friends, without the, the saving love of Jesus Christ, we are nothing. When we, when we come to the place where we know him and accept him, all we have to do is look to him for the answers. So, we, so how, do, how do we do that? Well, number one is we, A, we accept that he came to man. He came to this earth as a baby. And he came to fulfill God's promise to man. We just need to believe that he loves us. All of these coincidences in Esther, they were put there by God. And Esther absolutely stepped into that gap. We look to Jesus and we commit our lives to loving him and serving him. Friends, if you have questions, I would, I would encourage you to turn over to the book of Romans and read through Romans. Romans is a book where you can find lots of answers and you'll probably have a lot of questions as you look through that book. I hope today that you learned something, that you came away with something new from the life of Esther living, loving, and leading in the gaps of life. We're always here for you, and we're here on, we're not only here on Saturdays at 2 o'clock, but we can be here for you whenever you need us. Just call us on the love line, 512-249-6535. Find us on Facebook. Also, find us on lovetalknetwork.com. For my friend, Kathy Hendebrock, I am Coach Carrie Brinkater, and this is Love Talk, and we'll see you here next Saturday right here on Love Talk.